Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Hey hockey fans, it's that time of year again. NHL playoffs are here and summertime barbecues. Stay in style this summer by the grill, pool, or at your casual get-togethers with Summer Skate. Summer Skates are the leading sports sandal footwear in the business with NHL team brands or your own personal logos on real hockey lace straps. Check them out at summerskates.com or go to bluelinehockeyclub.com and click on the link. You won't be disappointed. Summer Skates are made with real hockey lace Footbeds mold to your feet after a few wears. Summer skates are also washable, keeping your feet healthy and fresh. Summer skates. Stay fresh without the skates. Hello! Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We do have episode 58. That's right, 58, fellas. We have the usual suspects sitting in the house tonight. We have our IT guy, our local nerd, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mom and him? And the all-around sports guru, the guy that we go to for all of our sports news, Derek D-Train Hitu. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweeto? The guy doing most of the work behind the scenes here, our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Pat? Aloha. And your host of tonight's Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Dr. Morley. Oh, oh doctor. Meow. Sitting in a little later tonight, we have Chris McCarthy from uh, the Watertown Wolves in the Federal League and uh, also the creator of Fan Saves. So we'll get into that a little later. But, fellas, let's get into a little bit of playoff hockey tonight. Uh, we got a lot going on. Playoffs? Going on. Are you talking playoffs? about playoffs? <laughs> Since the last time that playoffs? we talked, uh, a lot of things have happened. So yeah, we got to go around the league real quick and fill the listeners in on what's going on and, you know, give them our thoughts. So let's get into it. You had a big game tonight, Carolina and uh, Islanders, right? Yep. I think huge, uh, game. huge game. Five yeah, two, so that five two. Yeah, so that series tied up two two coming into tonight. Um, you know, that's or I'm sorry, two zero up Carolina up two zero, and uh, the big story this week, well, actually the last couple of days is Peter Morasic tore his groin in game two, so he was out for two thirds of that game and. Uh, the backup came in and played really well, didn't let in any goals, and they won the game. And they went to Coach uh, Brendan Moore after the game and talked about it. What was the confidence level like with him? And, you know, did he feel comfortable playing him in game three? And, you know, he came right out and said that, you know, he was very comfortable, had a lot of confidence in him. He played well this year. And, you know, he battled for that spot at the beginning of the year. Peter Mrazek, if you remember, Boys, he came over from the Red Wings. He was battling out with Jimmy Howard all last season, back and forth. They were trading spots. And then, I, actually, he had a little stint in uh, Philadelphia before he got traded over to Carolina. And when he went to Carolina, uh, he wasn't even projected to be the starter because they had uh, – what's his name, Pat, one more time? Darling? Darling, yeah. Who was their starter at the time. Um, he ended up getting hurt. So Peter Morazic stepped into that role and then took over. And then when he came back, um, there wasn't a spot for him. So big story um, in that series. Don Cherry talked about it the other night, Hockey Night Canada, uh, about the playoffs. And it's all about having two goalies because you never know. Your goalie goes down in the playoffs and you don't have a good backup, you're, you're, you're done. So yeah. we've seen it. He played well in game two. And then tonight in game three, he actually had another stellar game, 30 saves. And they ended up winning the game five to two. So Liner for the Islanders, he ended up having like 38, 36 saves, but in five goals. So that was a big story there. But also Matt, Matthew Barzell only had two shots on goal tonight, didn't produce, and they need him to step it up. You know they don't have JT anymore. He's he's their guy that they've been going with all year. That's really been carrying that team. They need a little more production out of out of him. Aho had a goal tonight. Um, he's kind of been the guy that. Carolina's been leaning on a, quite a bit in the playoffs. Um, so he stepped it up, produced again tonight. And there you go, man. Carolina's up 3-0 on the Islanders. The Islanders coming in hot after their sweep over the Penguins. And now here they find themselves looking to get swept by the, the Hurricanes, a bunch of jerks. So interesting series. I don't know if, if uh, going back to New York, they'll be able to. Actually, they have another game in Carolina, don't they? They do. Yeah, they could They could capture it in Carolina. So yep. uh, pick it up. Bad news for uh, Rob and I, who are, you know, 
living in Raleigh, the tick, season tickets are going up as we speak. Yep. So uh, we have to get a bigger credit limit on our credit cards. But, uh, yeah, what a series. I mean, who who would have thought that uh, Carolina and the Islanders, uh, you know, actually I shouldn't say that. We, we've been talking about the Islanders all season. I think Derek said it a few times that uh, they're not the team that he would want to face going into the playoffs and uh, look at it. But uh, Carolina's come a long way, and uh, it looks like they're going to the Eastern Conference final. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of like a, they're just kind of like they have like the perfect chemistry, and then they got a coach that's hard nosed. These guys will, you know, let their leg get cut off as long as they can win for that coach. So um, that's a good recipe for success right there. So I think uh, it looks like I mean, there's not many teams that come back for I don't know I don't know the stats when you look back over history, but a three nothing deficit deficit probably isn't going to be overcome. So I think I think I can agree with you, Pat. And then. You know, the final game four is going to be played in Carolina, and that place gets rocking. You know, you guys have been there. Um, yeah. That place, is, that place is a freaking shit house. you know? It's going to take a lot to slow this momentum, that's for sure. Well, you, you know, so what they game. did with that, uh, you know, after game, you know, celebration or whatever they were doing with the, you know, the different plots or whatever. So when they stopped, the fans were so excited about that shit, they, they continued it on in the parking lots on their own doing different stuff, you know? So those guys were fucking nuts tonight watching that game. I mean, I was watching it on TV, but you could hear in the crowd, that crowd was in that game. And you know damn well when the crowd is in the game, that's a tough barn to try and overcome. When you're in someone else's barn, they're loud as shit, cheering their team on. And, um, you know, it's playoff hockey. That's all you really need to say. That's a tough fucking game to win. Yeah, just to just to transition into the next series, uh, the Bruins in, in Columbus, which Columbus reminds me a lot of this Carolina team, you know, one of these teams that kind of got counted out before the playoffs that's actually been playing really well. And just the one thing I wanted to touch on, the crowd at the Columbus game last night, if you saw it, was nuts. Yeah, they they had towels. They had the white towels. They were waving them like it was, you know, they do at football games. And well, Mark, just give was, everybody the context on that so that they know why we're talking about, you know, this back to back with, uh, you know, the fans. The the context is, uh, you know, when they were in Boston and they uh, Carolina, uh, not Carolina, Columbus beat uh, Boston in Boston. Uh, that one guy, I, I forget who it was, came out, had an interview, and said that the. You know, they were so quiet in the Bruins uh, arena that when they went home, you know, there was no doubt. You know, he just amped up the whole crowd, setting them up. He said, when we go home, this place is going to be electrifying. It's going to be loud. It's going to be way louder than it was in Boston. And so oh, yeah. I didn't even see that. So, you know, okay, <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, that sets it up, you know, that that set the pace for the crowd. You know, this guy went on national television saying, hey, when we go back to Columbus, we're going to whoop it up. And, you know, guess what? It, it was. They they uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was like a nail-biter towards the end of the game, and um, it ended up being just, like you said, electrifying. And was Bergeron punched the guy in the back of the head? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys that, think was, that? that was Marshawn, yeah, was, right? Oh, was that Marshawn? Marshawn, yeah. The rat. The rat. Yeah. I, I thought that was the most chicken shit thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, then he skates oh, away too, like, yeah, you know, like a little weasel. Oh, it made yeah. me so mad. Yeah, Whew. yeah, he punched. It was Scott Harrington that he punched in the back of the head, and then he just kind of skated off. And I don't know. I, it's just he's he's got a reputation for that. But the one Marshawn made it through the whole, you know, the whole first series uh, of the playoffs without a single penalty, and now he's got two penalties in in this series. You know, it goes the what it's about though. I think the Boston Bruins are being frustrated by the Columbus style of play, right? There's not, there's hardly any pucks getting to the net, and then when they do get to the net, Bobrovsky is making all the saves. So, I'm, I don't know the, I don't know the total for shots blocked in that series, but Columbus, the story of that series is Columbus is blocking a hell of a lot of shots. Yeah. And secondly, secondly though, the Columbus power play is like insane. Like throughout through the regular season, they they had like a 12, they were 28th in the league on the power play as a 12% success rate on the power play, and now you know. In the playoffs, they're eight for twenty-one, which is thirty-eight percent, which is the highest in in the playoffs. And over the last two games, they're three for seven, which is forty-three percent. So the you know the story of that of that series is the Columbus power play, and the fact that 
you know, the Bruins are being, just like the Tampa Bay Lightning were, the Bruins are being frustrated like crazy over these block shots and then obviously good goaltending by by Bobrovsky. So Felino has done well. He's got three power play goals. Panarin, Seth Jones on defense. I mean, Columbus is, I said before the, the playoffs started that if, if uh, Columbus didn't make the playoffs because they kind of just squeaked in at the end that I thought okay. Tortorella would get fired, you know, so. Here they here they sit as now one of the hottest teams in the playoffs. So it just goes to show where, you know, if you just can get into the dance, it's amazing what can happen. You know, which is apparent when you got all the wild card teams that have made it to this point, and all the number one and all the number one seeds are fucking, you know, out on the golf course right now. So yeah, it's, I, a, it's I, a crazy it's a crazy series. You know, all these series are crazy series, but for the Columbus to come in and have like the shittiest power, one of the shittiest power plays in the league. Now it's now it's the best. Like. How the fuck do you write this shit up? You know, you know like, it's just I, I was crazy just thinking about that too. Jamie Baker, the Jamie Baker episode, we we're talking about uh, getting Jamie's thoughts, and uh, you know, he was saying, you know, Vegas is going to be the team to beat. Well, they lost in the first round. Now I'm just team. relating it. You know, it's a little bit different, yeah. but along the same line. And, and you know, now Jamie, uh, uh, not Jamie, San Jose is in the second round playing Colorado, and it looks like they they may advance. They're up to one. You know, but it's it's just that it's playoff hockey. Anything goes. We don't, you know, who knows what's going to happen here. I love it. You don't want to ever, like, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Like, you never want to play the team that, like, squeaks in or comes in, like, you know, at the like at the bottom seed but comes in hot. You know what I mean? All like, you, you just never. Or all yeah, you don't want to be that. Passed. You don't want to be that that number one seed that walked in the door, like you know, you had your sunglasses on, like brand new suits from weeks, top to took bottom. The last three weeks off, like you know, got a pedicure, and then you right. got these guys coming in like drooling, you know, like gnarly dudes. <laughs> I'm coming just, to like, eat I'm your fucking lunch, your lunch, buddy. Yeah, I'm coming yeah, to eat your lunch. Yeah. I'm taking all your lunch yeah. money. It's a great playoff. It's pretty neat because it's just different teams, you know, than you're used to. It's like, you know, we're not watching. NFL playoffs where the fucking Patriots win every year. You know, this is this is cool. It's different. It's fun to see some different teams going. But yeah, good, good for the sport. Yeah, the parity yeah. in the NHL is um, is unbelievable. And actually, there was a story this week that um, Barstool Sports put out about you know how they were touting how awesome the NHL is because of the quality of all the teams. And you don't have you know basically they're they're putting down basketball right because. You know, every year the basketball has the same NBA has the same teams every year, and it's just like, why even watch? I mean, the Knicks even have a team anymore. Well, you know, here, so. here is a quick example: LeBron James is so fucking good that he can basically say, "I'm going to leave this town and I'm going to go to that town." Not only <laughs> am I going to do that, I'm going to ask some of my best friends to go there. Can you do yeah. that in hockey? No, not a fucking chance. You know, so it's it's not even it's just not the. It, it doesn't even see. It's kind of like uh, reality and like some sort of alter world. They're getting, it's the beginning, beginning of the season. Are you thinking that Carolina, the Islanders, uh, St. Louis, uh, Blue Jackets are going to be in the playoffs? I mean, even Colorado. I mean, Colorado has had some off seasons. I mean, you wouldn't have picked those teams to be in the second round of playoffs at the beginning of the season. No, no one would have. Just getting into the uh, the Blues and uh, Dallas play tonight. That's the second game on NBCSN. Dallas is actually up two to one in this series. The Blues are up two to one, so we'll see what happens. St. Louis is four and zero on the road. Um, first time they went four and zero since nineteen sixty nine in a playoff series in the Stanley Cup. You know Dallas is up right now. They're in. You know they were behind the Nashville Predators. Um, two to one um, in the first round before coming back and beating Nashville in um, game six. So, you know, another tight series, really good to see them coming ahead. Um, but the Blues have been really calm, confident, and doing really well. Their goalie um, has been on fire, uh, Byington. He's the backup to Jake Allen, another uh, kind of topic we were talking about earlier about, you know, you need two goalies to advance deep into the playoffs in the NHL and Byington's been doing that actually a Vesna trophy candidate. Actually uh, tonight they were Dallas head coach, Jim Montgomery changed up the lines. He actually was um, took uh, Jamie Ben, Seguin, Radulov 
he switched up that line and put Seguin on the second line between Dickerson and Zuccarello, who Zuccarello's been on fire for Dallas. But, you know, Montgomery just wanted to switch the lines up just because he wasn't really getting much offense, um, kind of top-heavy on that first line. But, and they uh, scored tonight, too. They had the first goal. Dickinson scored, and Seguin and Zook assisted it. So that yeah. worked. And the third line for the Stars have been on fire. I think the head coach of uh, St. Louis said that no matter which line we put out there with Dallas's third line, we just can't keep up. Um, Jim Montgomery, the head coach of uh, Dallas, decided to kind of, you know, the third line's playing really well. We got to do something with the first and second. So they took Tyler Seguin off that first line and uh, put him on the second. But Radulov has been on fire. That hints the rookie for Dallas has been on fire. I think he's leading the team in points. So, like I said, Nat, um, Dallas was behind the series with Nashville. They came back and beat them. So, another real good series here. Dallas is up tonight. So, who knows? It's still early. still first period. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, I'd like to see Dallas advance. But uh, just a, a, a really exciting game for me. I think the two exciting games to watch – are the Columbus-Austin series and uh, Dallas Blues. Yep. <clears throat> like we talked about earlier before the show started, Pat, I was talking about how uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has just been, you know, Tarasenko, seems like, yeah. he seems like a stud out there. He had the first Louis. goal tonight, goal number one of the game. Yeah, so, you know, O'Reilly assisted on that and done. So he's got, you know, five goals in the series or in the, in the playoffs, but – he, when you watch the games, he's just he shoots every time. It's kind of like Ryan Donato if you watch the Wild. Like Donato shoots every fucking time he touches the ball. Every fucking every time. fucking time, no matter who's open. Um, Tarasenko <laughs> is just always fucking shooting too, and he's always creating opportunities. And you know we talked about it before the show, and here he is. He has another goal tonight, so you know, he's he's their star there. Um, before we get into the last series with Robbie, I just wanted to mention Carolina. I didn't mention Stahl and Williams um, on that team have really been. Uh, stepping it up, and Williams says, "Like you guys saw the the game winner of the last series, where he yep. threw it in front of the net for the tip in. Yeah, um, you know the captain of that team. He's been leading them. And he's been a big part of, of taking that team to the next level. And I just didn't get to mention him or Stall, um, two veterans on that team that have been there before, that are really pre- helping that team um, in the playoffs. Yeah, they're holding so it down." Nope, sure. So let's get in, let's get into that last series. Yeah, I, I started touching on the San Jose, uh, Colorado, but just quickly, uh, you know, since I had that brain fart, I was talking about Chris. You know what what he was saying was the sentiment of you know just enjoying the playoff series because you know teams like Pittsburgh weren't there, and you know the obvious teams, the teams we see every year, you know the ones with the high paid high high dollar. Well, every team has high paid high dollar stars now, but. Um, the typical teams. The typical te- number ones are all gone, man. So wh- when was the last time that happened? This yeah. is going to be an interesting series uh, all the way through. So, um, Yeah, so uh, Sharks and Avalanche, uh, they're up. Uh, Sharks are up right now 2-1. The Sharks jumped out to a lead. Burnsy basically took over game one, had a goal and three assists. So there were five points that night. He took four of them. Wow. Uh, or wasn't involved on four of them. So, you know, I, I, I've always said, you know, San Jose is a team to watch. They've got some stars, and, you know, it is about momentum coming into playoffs. Playoffs! <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, 2-1 right now, we'll see how uh, – if they go 3-1, I'd say that's going to be a tough one for Colorado. But, you know, I, I did bring up the point for Colorado – you know, the game, the, the one game they did win, they had four people generating points, uh, goals on offense. And to me, that was what stuck out for them. If they can get a lot of guys involved and have, you know, be involved and in, in um, impactful in the game, then they're going to do well. Uh, McKinnon is a horse. I mean, that guy is a stud. So when they're firing on, you know, all cylinders are tough to beat. But I do think that San Jose is probably going to hold out and, and finish this off. Don't don't hold me on that, but I, I do think that's where it's going. Uh, game three I thought was a, a good one. Logan Couture had three goals. Um, Patrick, maybe. Patrick, yep. That was a good game to watch. Uh, Timo Meyer, you know, scored again to, to make it four to 
was it four two four three? Yeah, he's been a stud in this series too. Timo Meyer is kind of four a- two, I think. Yeah, uh, Nieto and and McKinnon again. You know, McKinnon's in there each each time, um, so he's he's consistent. But he just hadn't had the you know the Logan Couture moment where you know scoring three goals in a game and you lose. You know that would be a tough pill to swallow in itself. So. Um, Jumbo Joe Jumbo Joe Thornton has been playing really well in the playoffs. Um, if you've caught these games, he's been yeah. the guy creating. He's been digging in the corners. He's been getting the puck out. He's created a couple goals. His line um, had a couple nice plays, nice goals the last game. And um, you know, he's one of those guys that we talked about a long time ago when we were talking about who's who's still left out there to get to get a Stanley Cup. Remember that. And we had yeah. like, okay, who's yep. still got that yep. elephant on their shoulders? And Jumbo Joe Thornton was one of those guys. And, uh, yeah. you know, so he's he's going for it this year. And, you know, I think he's 39. And uh, this could be his last opportunity. Well, I, I just read that uh, Pavelski might be coming back this uh, series some po- at some point too, right? Wow. So, you know, these guys are rolling without Pavelski right now and with, with Joe back in the lineup, you know. Holy shit! Yeah, they got a, got a great de- great defense forward too. You have to yeah. mention Carlson. You know, we didn't say yeah. anything about him, uh, but you know, he's obviously a, another stud out there as well. So yeah, and we we, ta- we had uh, Jamie Baker on. We I think I got into it with him about Marty Jones, the goalie. Uh, he had twenty five saves on twenty five shots in Tuesday's four uh, two win over Avalanche. He's been doing pretty well. He's got like a nine point. 0.919 save percentage um, against the Avalanche. You know, they're expecting Jones to be back in Thursday between the pipes. And, you know, that's the biggest thing for the Sharks. I think we've said a few times, and, you know, I feel like I'm on a – keep repeating ourselves, but, you know, the goalie's the biggest part of winning in the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs. And they, the San Jose Sharks need Marty Jones to step up, and he has been. So that's mm-hmm. a key figure too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a double-edged sword because you have to have a team that is playing confident in front of a goalie for a goalie to play confident behind the team. Yeah. Another guy is uh, Hurdle. He's been playing uh, really well. He's, he's been one of their – I think he had 74 points this season. Thomas? Yeah, he's been on fire. Timo Meyer. Uh, we haven't mentioned Evander Kane. You know, he's always a grinder. Um, he's always getting opportunities just through hard work. Uh, Nyquist, Couture, you know, so they've got they have some studs. They've got the guys to do it. And like I said, their defensive staff is is unbelievable. So it should be a good uh, good series to watch and see what happens here in the next week. And, yeah, that game you know, uh, game three comes on, or I'm sorry, game four comes on. To- yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of overtime time games this uh, playoffs. We haven't really mentioned that, but there's been a lot more overtime games than, than they have in the past. Uh, especially more than they had last year. So the teams are playing these these hard-fought battles. I mean, if you look at the Carolina series coming into the second round, they had to play five periods of hockey. And then I think, I don't even know if they played the next night or they had one night off. And, they, you know, these guys are, they must be getting worn out. You know, I mean, they're they're playing at the highest level possible. You know how playoff hockey is. I mean, it's just a dogfight. And, you know, you get one day off and you're right back at it. I think they gave them an extra day this week. But, uh, you know, that's it's got to be tiring. And the teams that have the depth and have the three lines and they're not trying to sub in their second and first line to win games at the end of the game, you know, that's going to go – that's going to go uh, – un- it won't go unnoticed in, in the later rounds. I think that the teams with a little bit more depth are going to start prevailing because, they you know, they're going to get getting tired here. Yeah. You, you almost have to run four lines deep. You can run, run three lines deep, but um... – the coaches are thinking about that, right? They're like, you know, we, I, I can't run two lines here. We got to play in two two nights. These guys travel. are what, 90, 90 games in right now. Yeah, maybe probably more. plus that. <clears throat> maybe more. So you got a you got a team like the Islanders down three uh, zero going into game four, looking to get swept. And what's the coach thinking? What's Trotz thinking? Am I going to uh, start shorting my fourth and third line a little bit and trying to, you know? match up a little better and try to take some chances and move guys around. I mean, it's got to be in his head, right? He, he's on a, on the break of getting swept. So, you know, that's, that stuff's going to start happening. Yeah. 
for sure. All right, boys, that's uh, that's pretty much the roundabout of the second round of playoffs for this week. Yeah. And getting in, by the time we get to next week, there's going to be some <clears throat> series that are over. So we'll get right back in that into that next week. And uh, I think after this, we're going to we get the uh, was it the World Cup that's coming up. I know they're starting to pick teams for that. Travis agreed to play for Team Canada this week, and you know some of the big name guys that you know sit out and don't play. And then there's other guys that are going to be um, playing in that. So that'll be something cool that we'll have on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clayton Keller's going. I think we might be able to get Clayton Keller on while he's over there. So that would be uh, a podcast to listen to for all you listeners. Uh, Clayton Keller decided to go over. It's in Slovakia. Yeah, Mark, that's something that uh, as the playoffs start to wind down, that's going to start coming on TV. So uh, more hockey. More hockey for you. And uh, just before we go, we want to talk about Toby Hockey, one of our major sponsors now at the Blue Line Hockey Club, uh, tobyhockey.com. Make sure you go there and use the promotion code that's exclusive for the Blue Line Hockey Club. It's tobyhockey20 for 20% off your purchase. Uh, the sticks are about 300 bucks, so you know, you're going to get 20% off that. That's a pretty good deal, 60 bucks right there. So tobyhockey20 is the promotion code. Instant 20% off your purchase. It's tobyhockey.com. Uh, check it out, the new evolution in hockey sticks. Hey, Chris, what's going on tonight? What's going on, fellas? Uh, just hanging out here on a Wednesday night in beautiful Cornwall, Ontario. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Nice. So, nice. you know, Chris, real quick, there's three SUNY Potsdam, well, two alumni. I, I never graduated, but uh, <laughs> are, you know, smart. They have degrees and all that other good stuff. Bears, Absolutely. Yep, Potsdam Bears. Coolidge, yeah. We're always the Coolidge. <laughs> yeah, we did We did have uh, another SUNY Potsdam guest on the show a little while back. Chris Lee came on. Uh, we got to talk to him for a little bit, too. So I think you're the second SUNY guy, SUNY Potsdam guy on the show. Yeah, I saw that. He's gone, gone on to have a hell of a career. And uh, I know a bunch of other guys that, while I was at Potsdam, went on to play in the spill and in the, in the, in the Chiefs Dose and stuff like that, too. So it's I don't know. It must be something up there in the water in St. Lawrence County. Uh, keeps uh, producing good hockey players. I think it's the beer at McDuff's. <laughs> oh, McDuff's bringing me back. <laughs> Backstreet, hanging out in Backstreet. There you Starts go. off for the. Yeah, it's, it's all the liquid that would fall on you on the, on the <laughs> McDuff's basement. Drip on your drip on your head. I think that. Was yeah, kind and, of and if you remember. If you remember any of that stuff, you're better off than a lot of us in here. That's right. <laughs> uh, one of my roommates, uh, he had the nickname the Lord of Duffs, and he was at the bar all the time. <laughs> Too funny. The Lord of Duffs. I love it. it so you're up, in, you're up in Cornwall now. You're not in Watertown for the uh, off season. Yeah. So, um, you know, I still work for the Watertown Wolves doing some business development, some consulting, but, uh, Started my own business there a couple of years ago, so I kind of hung up the jets. But uh, yeah, up here in Cornwall, Ontario, it's nice, it's a good location. The cost of living is really cheap, and it's an hour from Ottawa, an hour from Montreal, and obviously just across the uh, stone throw from Messina there. So it's a pretty good location. Yeah, we're, we're just across the border from you, a couple of us. And uh, just give us a little bit of your history or your hockey history and how you ended up, um, you know, we went to SUNY, oh, sorry, SUNY Potsdam, my bad. Give us a little info on that, you know, your career there, and then um, where you went after the after college and, you know, getting into the GM role. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, to get into that, I got to give a bit of context to how I got there first and kind of started my draft year to the OHL when I was 16. I was playing up in uh, in Gloucester in, in, in Ottawa, and I was playing for the Gloucester Rangers, and I'd been called up with the major midgets, and, um, you know, I was super stoked um line mate of mine, Corey Cowick, went on to get drafted by the Oshawa Generals and the Ottawa Senators. We were both up and I uh, hit a guy behind the net and I started to skate away and he kind of like landed on my knee and just crushed it. And I remember I uh, looked down and it was like kind of backwards, but I tore my MCL and oh, fractured shit. my knee in six places. So my dream of playing in the OHL kind of went out the window, but uh, I came back the next year and, you know, I knew it wasn't unheard of for players to get drafted in their second year major midget or uh, second year midget. So I um, came back and it was like 15 games into the season. I got hit from behind and ended up tearing my ACL. So, I mean, all that rehab, all for naught. And then I had to do it all over again. So it was devastating. So at that point, I kind of made the decision. Uh, my parents were really pushing me to go to school. And, 
you know, get my, my education as I wasn't going to go play in the NHL. So um, I went to a community college in Saranac Lake called uh, North Country Community College and played a oh. year there. And oh. at the end of the year, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the year, the coach ended up uh, moving to a, a prep school in Lake Placid called National Sports Academy. So I, uh, I kind of followed him and I, I kind of did a year of prep school and uh, and then after that, I got a few offers to go play in, you know, D3, but they were kind of like half scholarships and, you know, 20,000 American at the time was still not doable for me. So I decided to go back home and play my last year at Junior A for the Gloucester Rangers and ended up the season in, uh, in Canada for the Stallions and played out there and still didn't really get a good good offer to go play anywhere. So I, I decided I was going to try and walk on at SUNY Potsdam and um, that's when a good buddy of mine that owned a Greek restaurant that I was working at in the summer called Greek on Wheels called me into the into the restaurant one night after work hours and sat me down. He said, Chris, you never believe what just happened. And he told me that he had just bought a, a franchise in this new league called the FHL. And uh, he wanted me to play on the team and I was going to be the first player signed. So it was pretty cool. Um, I actually signed my first pro contract in the kitchen of a Greek restaurant. So <laughs> I don't know how many people... Uh, I don't know how many people can say that. Mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, A little fetishes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> fingers smelling like onions and feta cheese was beauty. <laughs> I remember, it's funny to say that, I, we'd also go play hockey after, and a lot of times, like, I'd come right from the restaurant. So uh, after a while, my, my mitts, my gloves started smelling like onions and feta cheese. It was disgusting. But <laughs> well, that's better than what my gloves smell like. I can tell you that. Yeah. Good for, good for the greasy snapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good on the ice. The guys didn't want to come too much too too near me, so I got a lot of a lot of time with the puck. It worked out for the best. But uh, um, yeah, so I signed my first contract in uh, in the FHL and ended up still going to SUNY Potsdam. And I uh, so the team was called the Aquasosny Warriors. And uh, I don't know if you guys have yeah. heard of the Warriors, but yeah. uh, we we're pretty pretty notorious for, for being a pretty tough team. We had like six or seven no fighters from the L and you know, and I'm, I'm walking in there as a, as a 20 year old and I've got all these like jack guys from the L and I played for the chiefs and like, you know, just, it was crazy, but you know, it was pretty cool too. There was guys like Pierre Dagenet and Dan Pesce. So it kind of balanced out the lineup, but uh, played two years there. And then I went to Watertown for a couple of years and two years there. And, uh, you know, seven years in the league. Here I am, a few years later. So, pretty wild. Chris, what's uh? Can you you know for the listeners talk a little bit about the federal league? Yeah. So like I said, like when I first signed, I was like, "What is this league, right? The federal hockey league? Like literally the league out of Slapshot, right?" So <laughs> right away, like, right away, I was like, "What? This is going to be a gong show," and it was. Um, you know, like. We ended up winning the championship the first year, and, you know, I got to play with some pretty good players, but, my God, we had some monsters on our team, and some of the things, like, I saw were just crazy. Um, but, you know, I, like, every every league starts somewhere. Um, you know, the league's been going into its eighth year, and it's really grown a lot over the years. Uh, it used to be a rough-and-tumble league, and, you know, with some good players, but now it's more, like, younger and, guys hungry to get to the next level. So it's a good stepping stone and um, it's a lot of good talent playing in that league now. But um, yeah, man, I've got some stories to tell you guys. My God, the federal hockey league put a lot of, a lot of miles on my life for sure. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of fights in that league. A lot of fights. Um, you know, like I never considered myself a fighter, but I'm sixth all time in penalty minutes in the league. And I guess that's something to be proud of. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, oh, I'm not top five, but maybe I'll have to come back, got a retirement for a few games and try, try to change that. Get a couple of misconducts, catch up. So what are, yeah. some of the team, what are some of the teams around the North Country? I think you go down to what, Utica, Danbury? Where are you guys going? Yeah, there's been a lot of teams over the years. Some have come and gone, but there's uh, there was a team in Danbury called the Whalers in Connecticut. Uh, the Rome the Rome Frenzy were, were a team for a year, and like I said, Aquasosny had a team for two years. And then uh, there was another team that was up in Watertown. They used to, okay, so this is crazy. Sorry. They used to play at the Bonnie Castle Resort. I'm sure you guys uh, are well. Yeah, Bonnie Downs. Bonnie Castle. Hey, baby, baby. 
Um, used to be like a horse stable back in the day, and it kind of still smelled like hay, I think, out there when we were skating around. But, uh, it's a hollow pretty, pretty wild. The a quick <laughs> story about the Bonnie Castle Downs. The the glass <laughs> there back in the well, it would have been the '90s, was no more than three or four feet high, and you know the spectators, you're watching at your own peril, and. <laughs> In warm-ups, um, I, I plugged somebody in the stands, you know, trying to fire off the glass. It, it was a woman, <laughs> female, I think, but, yeah. Chris, I, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to her if she can she can hear that. Well, Rob can, <laughs> miss, Rob can miss an open net and put it into the stands from, like, at least two feet in front of the net. Into the stands, so. I touched the ceiling with that puck. <laughs> yeah, so that that lady might have been like way up, you know, like in the in the nosebleed part of the body caster. No, 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 no. She was only like a a, a row or two back. Anyways, enough about that. <laughs> crazy, yeah. So a couple more crazy stories about the Bonnie Castle. Like we used to pull in there in the bus, and there used to be this like like makeshift sign out front and it, all it said was pro hockey tonight and it never changed. It was always that. And we always used to joke, we're like, wow, this is pro. This is it boys. Here we go. We made it. Um, but uh, my second year when we were in the playoffs, it was us against the Thousand Islands privateers and it was game three, I believe is best of three series. And we were tied one, one. And we ended up uh, getting down by a few goals. It was like four, one with like seven minutes left. And, you know, the vets on our team, these tough guys said, uh, okay, we've had enough of this. And we went out and I was on the ice and puck drops. Everybody sheds their mitts and like just start beating the piss out of these guys. And they didn't see it coming. Um, you know, and so like. You guys had a plan. So, like, of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like me and my buddy Mafuz were pulling guys off their bench. Like our whole bench cleared and they wouldn't get off their bench. So eventually like they all they all left to the dressing room and left all their gear on the ice. So I remember like some of the vets picking up all their gear off the ice and bringing it into their dressing room. And uh, I guess like their trainer came over to our room. Like he was like, Hey, you guys stole our shit and you got to give it back. So I remember like one of, the, one of the vets takes one of their helmets, puts it in the middle of the room with a skate on, just stomps it into like 50 pieces. He throws it out the guy. He says, your shit. In French, it was hilarious. In French. In French. <laughs> we had like a big contingency of of uh of uh natives from um from aquasauce they come down and i remember beer bottles being thrown on the ice it, like literally slap shot it was like such a gong show but it was such an incredible moment like i'll never forget that for sure what do you guys get paid chris roughly in that league beer and pizza oh okay <laughs> cigarettes i remember I some of the guys were making like it really depended, right? Some of the guys were making like three to five hundred bucks. Dagenet, I think, was making like uh, you know six, seven hundred bucks a week, and I think I was making eighty bucks a week. Um, but generally, like the salary throughout the league, and even now, is you know between uh, I think the league minimum is one seventy-five a week, but some guys are getting paid up four, four fifty kind of thing. Okay. So okay. basically, beer money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, for hockey, fuck. Right? Or do you guys I mean, have I was going to play that yeah. game for free, buddy, but you're going to give me money? Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. Good times there, though. So, yeah, so after that, um, after that, needless to say, the team folded. The uh, the commissioner of the league kind of shut down the Warriors and said, like, we can't have this in our <laughs> league, like, Literally got kicked out of the league for being too tough. So I guess that's another record I'm, I'm part of. But um, Carolina, <laughs> sorry, Chris. Carolina just went up four two, boys. Fifty seven seconds left. This game's over. Oh, oh doctor. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, empty netter. They just dumped it in. It's game over. Fifty seven point one. Unreal. Right. Playoffs yeah. are so good. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Who are you? Who yeah. are you watching right now, Chris? Who are you following? Who are you going for? So uh, I hate to admit this on uh, on on the show, but oh, like, I'm a Sens fan. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's been a rough rough few years, but uh, I don't know. I, I'd really like to see like St. Louis or even Carolina or any of these teams that have never really been in the dance for a while make it to the 
make it to the finals and win the cup, it'd be really good for hockey and for those markets, you know, like yeah, you yeah. get tired of watching the Pittsburghs and, you know, the Capitals and all these teams win. So it'd be well, nice to see like all a, four number ones gone, right? First round. Tell right? you. So Chris, <laughs> give us a little more about, uh, about the Watertown situation, getting kicked out of the league and then the transition. Yeah, you guys keep teeing me up, but I'll keep uh, hitting them out of the park here. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so after uh, after the team folded, I, I had nowhere to really to play. So I reached out to the water, the Thousand Islands team, and Five that year they had moved. To fuck. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. That's it. That's all she wrote. <laughs> I bet they're going to get one more. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. jump you. Somebody again. mute. Somebody mute Rob for like. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I know I I know where to play. So uh, keep in mind at this time I'm I'm going to SUNY Potsdam full time uh, for those two years and um, you know traveling back and forth between Aquasasne through Messina there and and back to Potsdam. And so I uh, I signed in Watertown, but um, you know I, I didn't practice because I was going to school full time at the time. So I um, I signed there and. This was the year that uh, the Williamsport Outlaws had an outdoor rink. They had an outdoor stadium oh, yeah. that they converted. I don't know if you guys ever – have you heard of that? No. No. Literally, like, the stadium series, but, like, Federal League hockey. So, like, <laughs> you know, their first game, they had 1,000 fans. And then I think, like, they averaged, like, two or 300 for the rest of the season. I mean, like, we played through sleet, freezing rain, snow <laughs> – and they, they played every home game at this outdoor baseball field, like, great, just like the students. So it was incredible. But um, played there my third year and then uh, ended up signing there again um, my fourth year. So it was the Watertown Privateers. And this is a crazy story. This is, gonna, this is about a three-minute story, so fair warning. Um, <laughs> so... I, uh, I got made the captain at the start of the season and um, there was this guy named Brad Zangs and he was the coach and GM and I guess like halfway through the season, I don't know if he just didn't care anymore, but um, <laughs> he just, he was a horrible coach. Like, oh, I don't know what to say about this guy, but he, um, he ended up getting fired. So halfway through the season, I get a call from this, the owner of the team and he, uh, he pulled me into what was then at the time the tilted kilt. And uh, he said, Chris, uh, the coach and GM has been fired and you're going to take over the team as GM. And I said, well, okay, like um, I'm the play, I'm like the captain, but I guess like he's like, I want you to hire a coach. So at the time we had a guy playing in the East Coast, uh, had East Coast experience. So I hired him as the coach and I gave my captaincy to another guy. And so I was a player GM and we had a, like a player coach and then we had our captain. So this uh, – Reggie Dunlop? <laughs> Literally Reggie Dunlop, another reference. To <laughs> you can't wow. make stuff. God. So we go to we go to Winston Salem uh, for like a neutral site game, and uh, you know, like we were told, like put on a good show. This is like where we want you know there to be a team. It's a great market. So we go down there, and we we're I can't remember the team. It was like Dayton. I think it was Dayton. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, Demons. So we go out there and. So I'm on the ice and my buddy, we had just, I had just traded my buddy um, from my own team to the, to the Dayton team and we get on the ice and, and like guy got hit from behind. So line brawl ensues. So I drop the mitts and I'm in a, I'm in a fight. Our coach is in a fight with another guy on the ice and our captain is also on the ice in a fight. So this has got to be the first time in professional hockey history where the general manager the coach and the captain are all part of a line brawl at the same time. <laughs> yeah. so I ended up, I ended up with a broken nose, so I had to go to the hospital. But the coach goes in the dressing room, puts on his suit, and comes back out to stand on the bench and finish the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell gives you guys well, the right to call this professional hockey? <laughs> hey, I, I don't make the rules, man. I just. <laughs> oh, I, think I, I think I actually saw that on the Watertown um, news when that happened, when they promoted you to GM. That was, uh, I think Mel Busser did a story on that or something. I did see it, see it somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mel Busser. Yeah. I'm uh, famous in the small town, I guess, as they say, in Watertown, New York. But, uh, oh, man, 
what a crazy year that was. I remember we had like three houses and uh, there were two of them were four bedrooms and one of them was a three bedroom. So at one point we had like 20 guys and we only had like 12 rooms. Oh, wow. So there was literally like five couch surfing and each house had like a, like a little Harry Potter closet under the stairs, but it was just <laughs> big enough to fit like a single mattress. So we ended up putting, <laughs> we ended up putting guys in, uh, in these rooms to fill space. So eventually it got so bad that like, you know, the guys were starting to revolt and, you know, I'm the GM and I'm like, oh, it's not my fault. Like we don't have enough money to get more, more housing. So the coach and I actually moved to just outside the rink where there was a baseball field, like in the Watertown fairgrounds. And we actually lived in the ticket booth uh, <laughs> for like the last two months of the season so that we could free up some room in the house so the guys could actually have a room. And I remember like it was like 30, 40 below in the drafts, the snow coming in the bottom of the door. And oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is this shit real? <laughs> it's definitely real. I took a couple years off my life that year for sure. For sure. At least in that, in that house with all the guys, the uh, toilet seat was always warm. Please. That's right. It was. It definitely was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, crazy, crazy, but honestly, like amazing memories. Like, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't hate it because like that was my start in the front office, and um, you know, I went on to work like three more years, four more years in the front office as like the sales and marketing director and, and following seasons while playing. So, you know, that I was going to university at the same time, driving back and forth, but I was able to apply all the things I was learning from my business degree at SUNY Potsdam and directly implemented into the team that I was managing. So it was kind of a really unique experience. You know, usually guys go to college, they play their, you know, their four years and then they go play pro or whatever. And, you know, or usually guys go to the OHL and they don't go to school, but I kind of did both. I was able to get my bachelor's degree in business and play four years of professional hockey, professional hockey at the same time. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> can't hate it can't say i hate it. it gave me an amazing opportunity and kind of led to the creation of my business which i'm sure we'll get to a little bit later but i got to keep spitting out these stories you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's kind of like some unique stories that no one's really heard about um you know you hear some stories about the hl and stuff like that but you know there are guys that are playing that still want to play hockey and playing in leagues like the federal league and you know just want to keep lacing up the skates every night and you know it's what you do right yeah, hundred percent, you know, for the love of the game. And a lot of the guys I played with, you know, they grinded it out to get to the next level. And we used to say like the guys that would complain, like, Hey buddy, if you don't like it, get better, you know, get better and go up to the S or go up to the East coast. Um, but you know, now it's a lot different, you know, like the, the teams are all solid. The owners are all great. Each team has a really good fan base and it's done more professionally. I mean, there's still like gong show moments here and there, but I think every kind of league has those moments, but it's really come a long way. And like, I don't tell these stories to bash the league or make it look bad. Cause like I said, I owe a lot to my, I owe a lot to this league and um, you know, the commissioner, Don Kernan, he's really been like uh, a really great mentor to me. So totally can't hate it, but pretty crazy lifestyle for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, just talking about, you know, us guys, a couple of us still play uh, men's league, but I mean, this is a step up from men's league and you're getting paid. But uh, when did the Federal League start, Chris? Started in 2011. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, usually, most, most, you know, programs, it takes a little while or leagues to get going. So, like you said, it's a little more professional now and bigger fan bases. And I'm, I'm sure it's just going to get bigger and bigger because, you know, most people, you know, in the New England states and up where the teams are, are just big hockey fans, and uh, it's for the love of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the FHL uh, launched into Elmira this year, where the, you know, the Jackals used to play, the Elmira Jackals yeah. in the East Coast. You know, like, they averaged 3,500 fans a game, and the owner's making bank this year. And there's another team in Winston-Salem that was getting, like, close to 3,000 fans a game. And they just announced that two more teams are going to be adding – uh, adding the league next year, one in Mississippi. Wow. And uh, Danbury is actually getting a team back, and they used to draw really well too. So 
um, definitely improvement. I mean, like the spill started off with, uh, you know, with like a dozen teams. I think they're only up to like 10 or 12 now, right? And so the FHL is not far behind with eight for next season. And it's only going into its like eight or nine seasons. So, I mean, like I said, like every team has their, or every league has their growing pains. And, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do to survive. It's a super tough business. And I've seen it firsthand working in the front office, selling sponsorships and selling tickets. It's a tough business in minor pro hockey. It really is. Getting into that, you know, talking about selling sponsorships and, you know, the front office. And I think this is where this led up to your new business now, correct? As far as your new app? Yeah, exactly. My, uh, okay. So I'll give the context leading up to how it was created because it's, it's actually a pretty funny story, but um, I was working, you know, as a sales and marketing director for Watertown and um, ended up going home for a year and I got a job working at a, a magazine in Ottawa and doing some sales and stuff like that. But, you know, it was good experience, but I really wanted to get back into sports and then back into hockey. So um, that summer I was doing uh, demolition with my, my buddy uh, working under the table and hopefully the, the feds aren't listening, but the CRA. Well, they definitely <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tag them in the comments. <laughs> but, um, big brother. Yeah, big brother. It's a good show. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching, I was uh, I was working demolition. I, I got I got a call from uh, the owner of this new team called the Cornwall Nationals. And um, me and this other player were going to come down. We were the first two players signed as a team. And Lou Dickinson was uh, was the other player that was signed. So we went down for this big press conference and ended up signing and, and playing for the team. And like halfway through the season, I got in a fight behind the net and I uh, ended up breaking my finger in, in the fight. So I couldn't work demolition and I couldn't play. I was pulling in like over a Gino a week, which was, you know, pretty decent for me. And, you know, I went from like that to zero income. So I, I told the owner, I was like, man, you got to hire me as like the sales and marketing director. I was like, you, you know, like uh, we can get a lot more sponsors. Like, you know, the attendance was kind of low. So luckily they, uh, they gave me the chance. And, um, you know, that's when I met my co-founder and my girlfriend, uh, she was doing a little bit of marketing for the team, but she was kind of one foot out the door. And so we had a meeting and right away we clicked and we realized we kind of had like the same brain. So we, um, we finished out the rest of the season. And then in the off season, um, I got the opportunity to also be the sales and marketing director for Watertown again. So I was literally the sales and marketing director for two professional teams in the federal hockey league, one in Watertown, one in Cornwall and simultaneously managed both teams over the summer um, and into the next season. But in the summer we, we were out pounding the pavement selling sponsorships and, you know, business owners kept saying like, look, like we, we don't get anything from a dashboard or a coupon in the game day program. We want to be able to promote digitally and track our return on investment. And, you know, we kept hearing this over and over both cities. So we kind of put our heads together and we're like, what if we create an app that we could actually allow businesses to track their ROI? And that's when we kind of had like our aha moment. So I remember I went home for, for everybody listening there. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, talking some uh, some jargon here, but uh, yeah, Richard. So I remember I went home for one night and I came back and she had downloaded this like free app maker and she's like, I created an app and like we can offer discounts and deals to sports fans from the sponsors of their favorite teams. And we were like, wow, what a great idea! So we thought of the business then and then um, we incorporated in December. And we launched our app in February. And five days later, after we launched the app in both cities, Cornwall and Watertown, the Cornwall Nationals folded. So that was like one of our pilot teams. So we were super bummed, right? We, we weren't able to get enough money in sponsorship and we weren't able to bring in enough fans. At the time, we were the first place team in the league. We had the two top leading scorers. We had like the toughest team. Like we had everything going for us. Beautiful rink up in Cornwall. But, uh, you know, the fans have been burned by, like, LNAH teams in the past and sponsors, too, and they just weren't coming out like we thought they were. So that was a rough, rough moment. But, um, you know, it, we ended up, like, a few days later, Cornwall Tourism took us under their umbrella, and we were able to uh, use them as a pilot team. So current, we, we did a pilot with two, uh, two, the two teams, uh, Cornwall Tourism and Watertown, and then we're, we're actually at, 
15 teams now that were, that are on, on the app. And uh, we just signed like the Guelph Griffins and we've got like 12 CCHL teams up in Ottawa. And just like a couple weeks ago, the Boston Bruins reached out to us um, and, you know, saying that they, they like what we're doing and they could see themselves using it. So, you know, we really created the app to solve a problem that we were facing, but we realized that teams all across sports, any sport, any division really has the same problem. And, um, you know, we're, we're really onto something here and we're, we're trying to solve the problem where teams can't get enough sponsorship. And, you know, you hear about it here and there, but there's hundreds of teams across junior to major professional that fold every year. And a big problem is sponsorship. So, we're kind of solving that problem. Yeah, great idea. Awesome, man. I actually went on your yeah. app today and checked it out. It's it's really great. It's in, uh, I think Rob and I were talking about it before uh, you got on, and it's a really great idea, Chris. Thanks. Really appreciate that. I mean, we're still in, like, our, our infancy stages, if you will. Uh, we just hired four employees that are starting May 1st. Wow, it's coming up quick here. Um, but we hired an in-house developer that's going to be, like, huge for making the app so much better and we have like a parking lot of features that we're looking to add and make it even better and sexier and easier for the fans to use and redeem discounts and deals so it's uh pretty cool the, the sponsors have the the ability to log into a dashboard and see in real time number of redemptions age demographic primary location the gender of the users uh that are redeeming the deal so that's like the return on investment part where they can actually track the data and and the money that's coming back from their sponsorship. So that's, that's the key piece. That's the money maker for us. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get that with, uh, you know, our sponsors, they want to know the analytics of our podcast before they, you know, before they spend money with us and stuff like that too. So you know, that's the new age investor. Uh, as far as advertising goes, they want to know what they're going to get. Uh, it's not like you put an ad in the paper anymore and you can't track it. So that's the digital age and where it's going. And, um, you know, you're, you're right on track for that. Would you want to give us like uh we haven't really plugged the name of the app or where to get the app. Is it Apple friendly, Android friendly, um, you know, the Apple store and um, Google play. Is that where people are downloading this? Yeah, definitely. You can download it on Android or iOS. Um, it's called fan saves, uh, fan saves, plural. And uh, something that we always tell people, we always ask people like, I guess I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll pick Derek out of the hat here. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite professional sports team any team any league any division well kansas city chiefs and football are by far my favorite uh professional sports team okay perfect how many sponsors of the kansas city chiefs can you name probably one can you hi v <laughs> okay so the kansas city chiefs most major professional teams have over like they have hundreds of sponsors like either 100 or 200 sponsors each so, sure. you know, there's $60 billion poured into sports sponsorship every year. And rabid sports fans like yourself can only name one. Yeah. So right. that's a massive problem. problem right? It's a problem. Right. It's so not, it's, it's not like NASCAR where they plaster it all over the place. Yeah, and and they're, they're spending tons and tons of money disproportionately for us to not pay attention to those commercials either. All right, let's let the guy finish. Come yeah, on, sorry, Dana. Sorry. Yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you hit it right on the head i mean like uh it's, it's a big problem right so much money is poured into sponsorship every year but like you know fans like yourself you can't even name you can barely name one so if the kansas city chiefs were on fan um they'd be able to list their sponsors and their sponsors would be able to add, uh, offer you the sports fan a discounter deal so if you were to go to kansas city you could go to one of these establishments who are a sponsor and it's all geolocation. So once you're in the establishment, you just click on the deal, you redeem it and you show your server or at the point of purchase and the deal is redeemed. So you don't have to link your credit card, your debit card. You don't have to prepay the, for the deal kind of like Groupon. It's literally like a traditional coupon. You just go right up to the, the point of purchase and you show it and you get your deal. So it's, uh, we're trying to make sponsors more visible. A lot of teams, even the major leagues, they don't even have them on their website. They're really hard to find. Um, and we think that's, you know, a big barrier for, for sports fans to, to support their favorite team sponsors. So we're trying to make that a little more easier. For, for... Yes. Wow, Where's our IT Chris, guy are, you, are you involved in the development of this at all or, or what? 
Yeah, so we actually had our MVP made in Cornwall, but, um, you know, after our pilot stage, we realized it wasn't scalable. So we outsourced the development to a company in Toronto. Uh, and just like recently, like I mentioned, we hired an in-house developer. So he's going to be able to, um, right, we're actually going to be able to have full control over the development, which we didn't before when we outsourced it to this company in Toronto. They were working for big companies like Amex and, you know, major banks and, you know, we were just peanuts to them. So we didn't really get the attention that we really needed to scale quickly and, and really grow this rapidly like we planned to. Um, so, you know, it's a major step for us in the business and we're just super pumped to uh, to be able to be growing and scaling and it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Yeah, exciting for sure. Very cool, man, very cool. Nice, is there a website oh. or just an app? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's a standalone app, like all the features are on the app. You can only redeem the deals from the app, but we do have our website, it's fansaves.com, and you can learn more about the app, and you can see some of the, the partners we're working with and some of the deals. Boys, I'm thinking if this blows up the way uh, we hope and we think it's going to, we should all have a little reunion at uh, McDuff's, what do you say? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. You've become a major sponsor of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Fan saves, baby. Yes. I think McDuff should be a sponsor of the podcast. I think that'd be a great partner. That's a good idea. Yeah, we can get him on there. Get him on fan saves too for some free beer. Lost there you are. Yeah, I mean you got a good <laughs> website here, Chris. Uh, it, it seems pretty easy to to navigate. Pretty easy to understand. It's clean. Looks good, man. I I, I definitely like the idea. You've stepped up and you've filled uh, a niche for sure. Yeah, I, I mean. It's just a Wix website, but, um, you know, like we're a startup and we're growing. You know, the more money we make, the bigger we get, the more comprehensive the app and, you know, the website and everything else will be. But it's, uh, you know, it's we're, we're trying to scale responsibly, right? The old adage is you can't grow too big too fast. Absolutely. We don't, we don't have the luxury of throwing money away anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight and to uh, hear all about the Federal League and, and your new app, Fan Saves. And, um, you know, we'll definitely be pushing that for you in our circle. And um, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I love talking about my, my story and my career. And there's so many other crazy things that I've seen uh, that we'll have to have over be uh, We'll have to talk over beers another time. But it was great <laughs> chatting with you. Uh, upstate new york boys and uh definitely we'll have to keep in touch oh, yeah, sounds sure. good chris sounds good this is a good story interesting you know interesting stories as well there so hashtag time, ticket move <laughs> <laughs> we want to be laughs under the door yeah i said hashtag ticket booth you know ticket booth living yeah yeah <laughs> I don't. Know, I haven't told too many people that story. This is a blue line exclusive that you got on here. You heard it here first. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not bad stories either. Our, our stories we we basically can't say on air, Chris. So you're doing good, man. <laughs> no, big fan of the podcast. You guys are rocking it, and I'm just uh, I'm, I was honored to be on the show and, and tell my story with you guys. So it's it's been fun. All right, man. We'll get you on again. Appreciate it. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. I appreciate that, guys. Very cool. Great having you, bud. Great having you. Thanks. Awesome. All right, Chris McCarthy on with us tonight. The Blue Line Hockey Club. Uh, great stories. Um, I I really like that app idea. That's cool. The new digital age. Um, you know, people transition to that. Everybody's got their phone in their hand all the time. You know, instant discounts at their favorite uh, teams. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, or... I, I just went uh, a whole day without the internet. And let me tell you how lost I was uh, for, for that day. So No porn. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's the new way of life, man. Having an app in your hand uh, that's going to save you some money. I mean, who, who the hell is going to say no to that? Well, I mean, just the story with, you know, he touched on it with Derek. And then I know Derek went out to Kansas City. He's not familiar with the area. But, you know, when he was out there and he was aware of this app and he wanted to go get some beers and chicken wings, you know, he could have just got on fan saves, looked at the sponsors, and maybe there was a bar around the football stadium. The, what is it called? The Saddle Dome? No. That's, Arrowhead. That's Arrowhead. 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 <laughs> Arrowhead. And uh, could have got a discount on his wings, maybe half off or something. I I think it's a really, really good idea. And uh, I an think awesome it's an awesome idea. 
Yeah, especially with the prices at professional freaking sporting events. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to blow up. That's a niche, man. I, I haven't heard of that kind of thing before. That's a niche that they filled up. That's Yeah. Uh, yes. They're gonna we, be better be, well. we better be invited to the IPL when they ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You heard that here, Chris. Make sure you call us up to that one. It'll be a big party. <laughs> that was a good interview, though. Wishing the best of luck. Yeah, so, uh, boys, I, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself, uh, you know, during the interview and, uh, you know, the goal scoring. Carolina just jumping out with uh, a five, what was it, five-two, uh, I think, finish. Holy shit, I was excited. I just couldn't contain, contain myself. But two empty net goals. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd like to see it. It's Bigley. Bravo, it's Bigley. Huge. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. See ya. Well, oh, doctor. Keep your hand up. <laughs>